Welcome to episode 74 of the Become a Media Maven podcast. In today's episode, I'm going to talk about how I went from having a career in TV to starting a public relations agency and just getting out of the business in general and shifting careers. I get asked this question a lot, especially by people who are doing what I used to do, who are working as TV reporters and anchors. And I thought, all right, because I get asked this question so much, let me just record a podcast episode about it. So hopefully I can answer all questions at one time. But before I get to it, I want to acknowledge Women's History Month. Um, My dad asked, why don't men get a month? I said, dad, you get a month every single month of the year. Like, let us have this one month. There used to be laws that limited women from doing the same things as you men. So like, let us just have our month. And in light of this month, I want to talk about women helping women. I do not believe in competition. I believe in collaboration. And I'm not just saying that because let's keep it real. That is what all women say. They all say no competition, collaboration. Let's lift each other up and work together. And then they turn around and they act like bitches to each other. Well, I actually do it. I actually believe it. Um, and I'm going to prove it right now. So my friend Lisa, if you are part of my media mentoring program, you may have worked with Lisa before. Um, she is somebody who does the same thing I do. I have a lot of friends who I work very closely with who do the same thing I do. Like on the outside, you would think they are my competitors, but I freaking love these ladies, Christy Dosh, Ashley Bernardi, Lisa Simone Richards. We talk a lot and we help each other out a lot. We pass business back and forth. And Lisa is somebody who has a business similar to mine when it comes to the media mentoring side of things. She doesn't have an agency, but she does help people learn to act as their own publicist and build their brands as I do with the media mentoring program. But I want to tell you about what Lisa's doing because I think she could really help a lot of my listeners. So my friend Lisa, She helps coaches get exposure and stand out in a very saturated market. And if you have been online recently, you know everybody online is a coach today. So she helps the legit ones stand out (laughs) and get exposure. And she has given herself a personal challenge. And I want to help her succeed in her personal challenge. And she's giving away 55 free invisible to in-demand coaching sessions in 55 days. So she's going to do one invisible to in-demand coaching session a day for 55 days. So I am telling you this because if you are a coach and you want to get more exposure, whether that be by speaking on stages, by earning media exposure, by partnering with brands, By doing other things that do not involve advertising, do not involve you spending money, then you need to get on the phone with Lisa. This is a totally gift from her. This is completely free. There is no catch. There are no strings attached. She is very good at what she does. So be one of these 55 people that she helps in 55 days with her free invisible to in-demand coaching session. And you can do that by heading to MediaMavenAndMore.com slash Lisa. I'm making it super easy for you. MediaMavenAndMore.com slash Lisa. Grab that invisible to in-demand coaching session. Again, completely free. Her personal challenge is 55 sessions in 55 days. 
So I will link to that in the show notes for this episode. And now we are going to get into it and I'm going to talk about how I went from TV to PR. From two letters to another two letters. (laughs) Ever wonder how some people seem to get all the media coverage, but you don't? Go behind the scenes with a TV reporter, national on-air host, and news contributor who has interviewed celebrities, took you inside the Versace mansion, and even stood on a chair to interview basketball legend Alonzo Mourning. Get ready, because Become a Media Maven is the podcast where Christina Nicholson is sharing secrets from her years in front of the camera, in the editing booth, and now behind the podcast mic. Okay, so let's get to it. So what did I do in TV and for how long and how did I get out and start making money, honey? Okay, so as many of you know, I was a reporter and anchor for about 10 years. I started at News 12 The Bronx, went to Beaumont, Texas, where I met my husband. He picked me up at a country bar. And then we went to Fort Myers, Florida, and then uh, Miami at the NBC station in Miami. And when I was working at Miami, in Miami, at the Miami station, I had my daughter who was now seven and my son who was now five. And I was having a lot of, I guess, scheduling conflicts to say it nicely. I don't have family in South Florida. My husband does not have family in South Florida. So, When there was a time where, say, it's like President's Day or Veterans Day, even when those, even like when Veterans Day falls on a weekend or when a holiday falls on a weekend, for some reason, everybody's like, oh, well, we're just going to pretend it's Monday and we're going to close the schools on Monday so we can get a day off. Well, that screws you as a working parent, (laughs) because then you have to find childcare. And I remember asking everybody like, well, what do you do with your kids? Who watches them? And they would always say, oh, my parents or my husband's parents. And we didn't have that. So that was a struggle working in TV where you don't get days off like that. My husband works in the golf industry. So he also does not get holidays off. Um, we both had jobs that were not typical nine to five jobs where we would work early mornings. We would work weekends. I would work nights. So that was an ongoing struggle from the beginning. Um, and then add another child to the mix. Um, and I remember one day, um, I was getting ready for work because remember, We're in South Florida, so there's like a lot of people and a lot of traffic, and I'm on TV, so I have to be hair and makeup ready, so like I got to get ready. I don't look homeless like I do now working from home. Like I had to make myself presentable. So I'm rushing. I'm getting ready. I'm getting two kids ready, and um, I remember Juliana asked me why I was mad, and I was like, I'm not mad. But she thought I was mad because I was, like, stressed out and I was rushing. And I was like, oh, that's terrible. Like, I'm obviously stressed and I'm rushing. Um, And then I remember one day in the newsroom and I was, like, looking around and I was like, oh, my. Like, I would see, like, people who were doing the same job as me, but they, you know, have been there, like, 30 years longer. And I was thinking, okay, so, like, if I stay in this job, I will be – 
doing the exact same thing I'm doing today, except I'll probably just be making more money. And I didn't want to be doing the exact same thing that I was doing. So I started looking for a job at PR agencies. Um, and nobody would hire me. <laughs> I actually posted something on my Instagram a couple of weeks ago. And I talked about how nobody would hire me at um, a PR agency. They said I didn't have any PR experience, so I couldn't work there. And I replied with, I don't have experience working at a PR agency. I have experience on the other side. And I have experience deleting every email that you have sent me to cover your clients because you don't know what the hell we do at a TV station, how we put a story together, how we decide what gets covered, and how we cover it. So if you want that to change for your clients and actually get them some coverage on local TV, you should hire me. And as you can imagine, that didn't go over well either. Um, but I did have somebody hire me. And it was quite the pay cut. It was almost $20,000 a year of a pay cut. Um, but the person hired who was hiring me told me that, you know, in the PR industry, it doesn't matter how many hours you work. It's just, are you getting the client's media hits? And it doesn't matter where you work. You could work from home. You could come and go as you please. Like, just get the clients their hits and all is good in the world. And I'm like, all right, well, that sounds good. That sounds like a great reason to take a $20,000 pay cut because that's really what I was looking for was a flexible schedule. And I could always side hustle to make up for that $20,000 um, because in news, you cannot side hustle. Like in TV news, you can't even wear your hair in a ponytail unless you're standing in a hurricane or you have special permission. So I was like, okay, we'll make this work. Um, and I told my assistant news director first, who is now a news director in New York City. He's amazing. And he said, um, oh, well, that's, that's probably a good idea because who knows if your job is even going to exist in 10 years. And I, I, I don't think he really meant my job wasn't going to exist in 10 years, but the media industry is just changing. Um, that's another podcast episode for another day, but it is changing and people just get their information differently and they consume their information differently, but you still need earned media. You, you, you need to cover things that nobody's paying for that is impartial. Um, again, another podcast for another day. So anywho, I left and I worked at a PR agency and it was a terrible situation because of the boss. And I feel like a lot of people have this kind of situation where they leave their boss. They don't leave their job. The job I didn't mind. I didn't mind the job. I didn't mind the clients. I loved everybody in the office. Um, everybody that I worked with, all of the other coworkers were amazing. Um, and there are people, I still talk to almost everybody that I worked with in the office. I made great friends. Um, one of them actually is part of my team today. Um, but remember how I was going to take the $20,000 pay cut to have the flexible schedule? Well, that was a lie. <laughs> I, I got myself into a situation where I was still rushing in the mornings and, you know, had to take the kids to daycare, had to, um, deal with traffic almost an hour one way. 
Um, and if I was not sitting at my desk in the office by 9 a.m., I got a very inappropriate, passive-aggressive attitude and behavior from my boss. And even if we left the office, if anybody left the office at 5 o'clock on the dot, you got the same passive-aggressive attitude because then you would be accused of being a clock watcher. And as soon as that clock hits 5 o'clock, you're out the door as if that means you didn't work hard all day. And the funny thing about this was is that I would get that attitude if I wasn't sitting in my desk by 9 a.m. But the fact that I was answering emails starting at 6.30 until 8 o'clock in the morning while I'm getting ready, while I'm getting my kids ready off and on, that was ignored. Like clearly I've been working since before 9 o'clock in the morning. You see this because you're in the emails, but you want to have an attitude with me when I walk in the door at 9.05. And that was just one example of the working environment that I was in. Um, but there were a lot more lies um, that came from this boss. There was behavior that I just thought was like borderline mental. And I told my boss that I Googled the symptoms of somebody who was a sociopath and a pathological liar. And I thought that he had many of them. So as you can imagine after that, <laughs> um, it was time for me to go. Uh, and a red flag that I missed in the beginning was that the entire staff turned over every six months. Not anybody who worked for that PR agency was there for longer than six months. And um, that's something that I think if you are in a job or you're looking for a job, that is something to look at. Um, it is a red flag if people are going and leaving and going and leaving. And it does translate over into client work and, and more. So um, after that, I gave my two weeks notice. And then a week into my two weeks notice, I was working on a weekend. Um, I was making sure that a TV station was going to be somewhere with a client on a Saturday. And my email just stopped working. And so I called my boss, the sociopath, and I told him. And he was like, oh, I don't know what's going on. Um, why don't you call this system that handles our email and see what's happening? So I was like, okay. So I called them and they were like, oh yeah, your boss just canceled your email. So then I called my boss back and he never answered the phone <laughs> and I never spoke to him again. And he wonders why I called him a pathological liar and a sociopath. And the funniest part of it was, is that I discovered this happening while I was going above and beyond to work on a weekend. And this is why I always tell people now. Like I used to always, when I worked full time, like I was the best employee because I was very self-sufficient. I didn't need a babysitter and I would bust my ass to go above and beyond. And at the end of the day, like your bosses don't care. You get paid the same amount as everybody else. You are only there to make them more money. And the second you can't do that, they're going to get rid of you. Um, it was, it was and after all of this and looking back now, it's like, why would I not just take a Saturday off? Like, clearly this guy didn't care. <laughs> I didn't need to, to make sure 
you know, that every, all my ducks were in a row on a Saturday just to go above and beyond, like above and beyond for who? Somebody who doesn't give a shit about me? So after that, I clearly, I don't know if that means I quit or I was fired, but I couldn't really work without an email. And, uh, that was, it's funny that that's the last conversation I had with my boss, him acting like he didn't know why my email didn't work. And then I called him back and he never answered. Um, and that was almost five years ago. It'll be five years ago in July. Um, so then I go home, I go home and I'm like a little scared because I'm the breadwinner and now I don't have a job. Meanwhile, these last six months, maybe three months that I'm at the agency, I'm like, okay, I got to go. This guy's crazy. I can't work for him. And I was looking for a job that would let me do the same thing I was doing, working in PR, but like, let me do it from home. I don't want to spend two hours of my day commuting to and from work to sit in front of a computer with Wi-Fi when I got a computer with Wi-Fi at home. I want to save the time that I take doing my hair and makeup and start work earlier and just have a better work-life balance. I don't need a babysitter. I have a good work ethic. Just tell me what to do and I'll do it. Just let me do it from home. Like even if I have a sick child, I could work from home with a sick child. If I have to come into an office, I would have to call out sick. So it was very hard to find somebody to allow me to work from home. So by the time I quit slash was fired, I was like, well, I guess I have to do this on my own. I guess I have to just like be my own boss. And that's when I started consuming content about freelancing. I was already listening to Pat Flynn's Smart Passive Income. That was the first podcast I started listening to. And it's funny, I actually started listening to that when I left my TV job um, because I was starting a blog. And I listened to it so I could learn more about growing my lifestyle blog, which is still up and running at christinaallday.com. Um, but then I was like, okay, well, he talks about freelancing a little bit in a couple episodes. So then I just kind of went down the freelancing rabbit hole and learned a little bit more. So then I reached out to some PR agencies. Now I had a little bit of PR experience plus news experience, so they had to hire me. But I was pitching myself as a freelancer. Like, hey, if you have any clients that you need extra help with, Please feel free to send them my way. I will work as a freelancer. And this is what I've done before. So that is how I started my business. So for everybody asking how you get out of the industry, I did go from full-time TV to full-time PR to freelancer. I, I don't want to say <laughs> I learned a lot at the full-time PR agency job because it was just such a terrible working environment that I really didn't learn a lot. There were no systems, there were no processes, but I did learn a lot by freelancing with other PR agencies because other PR agencies, they did have their own systems and their own processes. And I think if you are going to start your own business in a certain industry, like I did with public relations, I think it was good for me to freelance for a few different agencies so I could see how they did different things. So like, okay, I like this, this worked well here. At this agency, they do weekly updates. This is how they communicate with their clients. So you take a little bit of, of what you like and what works well at different agencies and then that's how you operate. That's how you build your business. So for a while, 
I called myself a professional freelancer and I would just take the work that PR agencies would send me. And the client would never know, right? Like the client is hiring Christina's agency and Christina's agency is sending me stuff. And it looks like it's coming from Christina's agency, even though I'm doing all of the work in the background. Um, That's called white labeling. And that is what I would do. And then I would get paid um, by the hour. At this time, most of these agencies would pay people by the hour. Um, It wasn't a ton of money. Um, So then I was getting on Upwork and LinkedIn And I started looking for my own clients because I knew that the client paying the agency and then the agency paying me, that the agency was still keeping most of the money. As they should, they got the client, they have bills to pay, they got legal stuff to worry about, they have admin costs. I get that. Um, I just knew that I could make more money if I took on the clients directly. And then I thought, I will just figure out how to do the business side of things the admin side. Because when I started, I was like, I just want to do the service delivery. I don't want to find the client. I don't want to do sales. I don't want to do any of that admin business stuff. I just want to do what they're paying for. And that's what I did for a little bit, but I needed more money in the in PR. If anybody listening works in PR, you know it's very hard to track what you do hourly. Because there is so much off and on work back and forth, phone calls, emails. It's hard to to track it by hours and it doesn't matter how many hours you worked. You either get the client in the media or you don't. Nobody cares if it takes 40 hours a week or if it takes four hours a week. Um, So that's when I went to Upwork and LinkedIn and I got my own clients on Upwork and LinkedIn. I used piece of shit contracts that I had no lawyer create or look at. Luckily, I didn't run into any drama, Um, but don't do that. (laughs) That's not smart. Um, But I started getting some clients on Upwork and LinkedIn. Um, On Upwork, it's a little easier because you can see what people are looking for and you can kind of apply to be their freelancer. And then on LinkedIn, they have something called LinkedIn ProFinder. Similar idea. Uh, That is a paid service. You pay monthly for that and they will tell you, oh, so-and-so is looking for somebody to do this. Would you like to do that? So I was doing a little bit of everything. I was doing PR. I was doing blogging. I was doing social media. Like whatever you wanted under the media umbrella, I would do. Because again, I was the breadwinner and I needed to make money. So I started to make money both freelancing and bringing on my own clients. But my income was very inconsistent. Like I would have one month where I made $1,000 and I would have one month where I made $10,000. And it was very, very up and down. And that is stressful. And I think when you start in business, whether it be as a freelancer or maybe it's a side hustle, like that's the most stressful thing. And I think it's very common in the beginning. And I thought at the time, like once I had a good month, like I had a $10,000 month, I thought, oh, well, I'll never go back down again because this month was a $10,000 month. Well, you do. You go back down. (laughs) And I, during this time, right, this is probably maybe like a year of me freelancing, bringing on my own clients through Upwork or LinkedIn. I was buying online courses, trying to learn things, consuming free content online. But this is the thing about that. 
when you consume free content online or when you buy an online course, that stuff is created for everybody. It's not created for you. It's not based off of your goals. It's not based off of your current situation. Like it helped me a little bit. And I didn't know that at the time. I thought that was everything I needed and I'd be good. And one of the online courses that I bought came with a Facebook group. And I met a person in the Facebook group. Her name was Lisa Simone Richards, the same person that I told you about at the beginning of this podcast, the one who is giving away her 55 free and visible to in-demand coaching sessions in 55 days. I met her in this Facebook group. She lives in Canada and she told me, hey, I'm going to Orlando because my business coach's business coach is having an event there. Do you want to meet me? And I was like, oh my God, yes. Like we've been talking um, all the time on Facebook and having calls every Friday just to, you know, chat, shoot the shit, talk about business. And this was like my first time to meet her in person. So I drove up to Orlando. I spent three days at this event. It was at the time, it was called Be the Change by Suzanne Evans. Now it is called Driven. And I went in just thinking I would learn stuff. And I did learn. I learned a lot about sales. I learned a lot about sales from Suzanne. And, you know, like typical three-day events, day two in the um, afternoon, she pitches her business coaching services, and it was $15,000. And one thing she said before the pitch was like, this is for you if you have inconsistent income. If it's up and down and up and down and you have not had four months of consistent income. Like she talked about the different stages of business and I was not at the stage where I wasn't making money, but I was not at the stage where I didn't have four consistent months of income. So I needed help. I needed consistent income because during the first year, two years of my business, I was working probably 12 hours a day, six days a week. Um, my husband had Sundays off. Um, so on Sundays I would work, Saturday would kind of be my day off with the kids. Um, and I was miserable because I had to make money and I was working 24 seven because it was inconsistent. So I said, okay, I don't have $15,000. You've heard me. If you're a regular listener, you've heard me talk about money mindset. And in my mind at that time, if I was going to hire a business coach who cost $15,000 for the year, I don't know what the monthly payment was, say $1,500 a month, I needed to have that cash in the bank. Well, that's not true. I know that now that's not true. I own a house that costs a few hundred thousand dollars. I did not have that money in the bank when I bought this house. I have owned cars before that have cost $20,000. I got those cars without having $20,000 in the bank. But I hired Suzanne as my business coach for three reasons. One, she was successful. Two, her clients were successful. And three, she had a high retention rate. Her clients stayed with her after they invested with her for a year. They signed on for another year. So clearly she must be doing something right. So I took out a loan, I guess, is what you do when you buy a car, when you buy a house, when you buy anything. You put something on your credit card and then you pay it off month to month. Um, I took out a loan of $15,000 
and I said, I am going to do everything, exactly what I am told to do, to pay this back every month during this next year. And because I did everything that I was told, I ended up paying that loan back in six months. And then at that six-month point, I upgraded to a program that was one level higher than the one that I was in, where you just got more one-on-one help, which cost more money. But I was like, oh my gosh, six months in, I already have this $15,000 paid off. If I get even more help from you, I can make even more money. So that's what I did. I was in that program for a year. After that, I started working with Pat Flynn. I worked with Pat Flynn for a year. And after that, I started working with Jason Swank, who I am coming up on a year with. Um, It's actually a year this month. Um, And during that process, at the beginning with Suzanne, years ago now, four years ago now, three years ago now, um, I remember needing help with one of my clients. So I'm backtracking again. I remember needing help with one of my clients and... It was 2016 because I remember it was around election time and this client was in like the healthcare space and um, nobody, whoever covered healthcare, they were talking about the circus of this election, right? With Hillary Clinton and Donald Trump, like it was just a shit show. So nobody was going to talk about, you know, your pharmaceutical alternative when they're writing about this stuff. And I was struggling. So I found a woman in a Facebook group that I'm in that has a lot of other PR professionals in it. And I was like, look, I need your help. Like, I don't even care if I have to pay you money and I'm losing money, but like the time it's taking me to try to get help this client and the stress it's causing me by not getting them the amount of quality media hits that I want, like it's just not worth it. Like I want to pay you to help me. And that was my first team member. She is still on my team today. Um, And that's how I slowly started building a team. Because after I had her, I was like, oh my gosh, this is like amazing. This having somebody take the work off of you that you just don't want to do anymore is tremendous. So then whenever I got a new client, I would either share the work with another team member, or I would bring on another team member. And that's how I slowly started building an agency. And it just kind of happened by accident. But once I got the taste of it, I was like, ooh, this is good. And then I hired a director of operations to manage the team and manage the publicists. And then I got a director of growth to actually go out and get the clients. Because up until this point, for the first four years of my business, I didn't have anybody handling sales. It was all me. I learned a lot of sales from Suzanne Evans, my first business coach, a lot about like finding your conversion rate. You know, if your conversion rate is 20% and you wanna sell 10 people, then you need to ask 30 people to buy something. Then that means you need to ask 90 people to have a conversation with you. Crazy math, money math, but it worked. Those numbers that I just shared with you, they're probably not right because math is not my thing, but I had this money math down. 
Mix that with me actually practicing what I preach. Like I tell you all listening right now, I tell you all every week you need to be contributing to an outlet online that your ideal client is reading. And then you need to be sharing that on your social media and to your email list. You need to be earning exposure in the media and sharing that on your LinkedIn because when people see that, they will come to you. And that is how I built my business. I still have people coming to me. Half of the business that we do is all inbound. It's people who saw something I posted on LinkedIn. They heard me on a podcast. They saw me put their competitor on TV and they wanted to be on TV. So they reached out. Half of the business I do today is inbound. And that's just the last year. Before that, it was all inbound. Now, It's half outbound because I have hired somebody to help me bring more sales in because I have a team that can handle more. So that was how I grew from being what I call a professional freelancer to building a team. So now I'm not really in the business. I work on it. I don't work in it. So people reach out to me all the time. They're like, oh, how much would you charge for this? And could you do this for me? Yes, I can. This is what we charge. This is what we can do. But I am not the one pushing the buttons. I am the one who tells my team what your goal is. And I let them do their job because they're very good at what they do. My director of operations is very good at what she does. She's better than me. Her attention to detail is ridiculous. My team is very creative. My team is very smart. And my team has all worked in the media industry. I love people who work in the media industry because they know what it's like on the other side. So I have um, a team member who used to own a magazine. I have a team member who used to be a national TV producer. And I have um, a team member whose husband actually works for one of the biggest media outlets in the world, and she also has a media background. Um, same with my, my director of growth. She's not just a salesperson. She used to work in the industry. My director of operations, she is an asset because she worked in the industry, both media and PR. So I am very much working on the business, and I don't have to be in it because I have such an amazing team. And when people send me messages about like, oh, well, do you want to do a trade? You do this for me and I'll give this to you. No, I can't because I'm not the one doing this. I'm the one working on the business. I'm looking at our growth year after year and I'm figuring out the finances. I'm doing the admin work. And then in addition to all of that, I am still practicing what I preach and teaching myself, treating myself as a client. If I'm going to tell you that I can get you on TV, then I need to be on TV. If I'm going to tell you you should contribute to an online outlet, I need to be contributing to an online outlet. If I'm telling you you should be on podcasts, I'm going to be a guest on podcasts. Hell, I'm going to start my own podcast. I think it's so important, especially in the service-based industry, to practice what you preach. So that's the long 30-minute version of how I left TV and got into PR. I am more than happy to take any questions. I will post on Instagram today about this episode. So you can find me at christinaallday.com if you have any questions. Um, You can also tweet me questions at christinaallday. And I do want to remind you, I mentioned Lisa, my friend who actually we met online 
in a Facebook group for an online course, and then we met in person where I hired my very first business coach. Remember, she is giving away 55 free and visible to in-demand coaching sessions in 55 days. She's an excellent coach, um, and she is doing this to help you get exposure, whether it be to speak on stage, to earn media exposure, to partner with brands, anything under the umbrella of earned coverage. You do not have to pay for any of this to build your brand, to get more clients. This is all about getting leads. So if you want to snag one of those free sessions, there's only 55, make sure you head to mediamavenandmore.com slash Lisa, because she will get you all set up there and you definitely want to take advantage of it. Um, and again, I'm happy to answer any questions. I did this episode a, because a lot of people in TV ask me how you get out of TV and go into PR. It's the natural route. Um, it's a route that makes sense because again, we're on the receiving end. We are deleting these terrible pitches that come from <laughs> PR agencies and publicists, people who have never worked in the media. They don't know what the hell is going on. So it's a great transition for us. Um, but the TV industry, it's, it is tough, people. It is cutthroat. It is heartless. Like, it is brutal. And that's just in the newsroom. I'm not even talking about the crazy asses that send you messages on LinkedIn and send you emails because how dare you get on TV with a big belly because you're pregnant or somebody criticizing your outfit or your hair on Twitter. Like, I'm not even talking about that part of it. I'm talking about just the actual industry itself. And I think that's just because it's so competitive. Um, but I feel also like the story of how I did a total career shift from TV to a PR agency to a freelancer to my own agency, um, that it is helpful just to hear that story. So again, head to my Twitter, tweet me, um, let me know what your questions are. If you want me to go into more specifics about anything, I'm happy to answer any questions and head to the show notes. Um, if you are driving or you're working out, um, because I am leaving lots of information for you in the show notes as well. Thank you for listening. I will see you again next week for another episode of become a media maven.